Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, for building your church. Your church is the apple of your eyes. You love your church so much that you send your son to pay the price to purchase the church with a high price, the blood of Jesus Christ. As you love your church, we love your church as well. We will, Lord, do everything to build your church. We will, Lord, live for your church. Your church will be the priority in our life, Lord. Thank you, Father. Teach us today, Lord, as we hear the word of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you from my heart before I preach the word today that my agenda of preaching the word is not for anything else except to want to see all of you grow spiritually, become strong Christian, become more like Christ, become fruitful and effective for the kingdom of God, that you will smell more like Jesus each week. You will look like more like Jesus each week. You will be strong and mighty Christian. You will be the Christian that when God looked down from heaven, he will say, my eyes go through and fall throughout the whole earth. And I make myself strong for them because they are loyal to me. When God looked down from heaven, God will put a thumb up for you that you are such a mighty, strong Christian who walk by faith. When you meet Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ that day, he will say, good and faithful servant, come in and rejoice in my kingdom. I want every member of this church to receive the compliment to receive the rewards from heaven. And all of you will be blessed. You, all of you will prosper in your soul, in your spirit, in your physical body, in your family, in your job, in your finances, in your ministry. That's my agenda. My agenda has nothing else. It's to see you strong. Actually, yesterday when I was driving to the hospital to perform surgery, God was speaking to me. Son, could you prepare the bride for me to be the beautiful, holy bride of the Lord Jesus Christ? Therefore, my mission is to prepare God's people to be the part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order to do that, I cannot compromise the word of God. I cannot dilute the word of God. And I cannot come to tickle your ear to make you happy. I come to give you the truth. And the truth may make you have conviction and you may feel uncomfortable. But I pray that you will respond to the truth. You will be doer of the truth of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are in the series of we call abundant living, living in abundance. And we have been learning a lot of principles in the Bible. We learn that God is our provider. He knows ahead of time what's going to happen to us. And He goes before us and prepares the way for us. When we come to the intersection that we have need, God has prepared the table before us and the need will be met. We are following, serving, and worshiping the God of provision. He prov provides for us. Not only that, we also serve the Lord, who is the God of abundance. He is the God of excess. He is the God of more than enough. When he poured water into a cup, he did not just pour up to the brim, but he kept pouring until the water run over the cup onto the table. He is the more than enough God. He is the boat sinking God. Too much fish 
in the boat. He is the net-breaking God who gives too much fish that the net is broken. He's the God of the cup running over. He's the God of the 12 basket full left over. And He is the God of provision that has good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He's a too much God. If you need to have faith that it is a God that you worship. Too many stars in the sky to count. Too many kinds of fish in the sea to be able to understand. He is the too much and excessive God. Not only that, we learn that in order to live in abundance, we need to learn how to honor the Lord with our increase and our substances. Actually, yesterday, I talked to Pastor Da. God, while I was reading the sermon on the couch in my home, suddenly God spoke to me because we have the conversation all the time in the house. How much we're going to give to the poor? Who are we going to give? We're, talking, not, we're not talking about tithing. We're talking about giving to the poor, to the needy. And then suddenly God told me, why don't you just set the budget ahead of time that each month, this is the amount of money you want to honor me to give to the poor from your income. When I heard that voice from God, I said, yes, I don't need to discuss with Pastor Da how much we're going to give and who we're going to give. Now we know the budget and we can give that out of that budget to those who are in need. Amen. So we honor the Lord with our substances, with our increase. And we learn that in order to live in abundance, we need to have a prosperous soul. The Bible say in 3 John verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Before you can see prosperity in your pocketbook, before you can see prosperity in your bank account, before you can see prosperity in your health, in your ministry, in your family, and in any aspect of your life, you need to have a prosperous soul. Your soul must be strong, must be full of faith, for of the word of God, you need to obey the word of God and practice what you learn. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You need to receive the word and believe that I'm not poor, I am rich. You are not going by what you see in the physical realm. You don't look at your body and say, I'm healed or not. But you look at the word of God and the word of God say, you are healed. You don't look at your pocketbook and say, I am poor. You don't look at the circumstances in your life, but you believe in the word of God. The word of God say, through his poverty, we are rich. And you can confess it. And you stand firm on it. That is a prosperous soul. The soul that believes in what the Bible says. The soul that has faith in what God promised. Amen. Yes. I'd like to encourage all of you. I noticed one thing in the church life or family life here. This is a spiritual family. We are a family. And we have parents and pastor and, and uh, spiritual mother, spiritual father and older brother and younger brother in the church. We are a family. And a lot of time when we have misunderstanding and conflicts in the church is because we don't have the same mindset. We don't have the same understanding of the Word of God. And that's why conflict happens because we have different minds. We have different perspective of life. That's why we need to renew our mind with the Word of God. We need to have the mind of Christ. The preaching of the Word of God is to renew your mind so that you can have the same thinking according to the Word of God. And I'm still renewing my mind all the time when I study and read the Bible. I'm changing and I bring it to the church so we can change the whole church together. Definitely some of you come later on and you never listen to the old sermon that we preached five years ago, ten years ago. So you may not understand what we were thinking in this church because we already taught those lessons. Therefore, I'd like to really beg you, plead you, that with the technology, please go into the podcast, listen to every single sermon. Please go into the library CD out there that we have the computer in that room and download all the teaching 
into your hard drive. Go home and listen to every single teaching if you can. I remember when I was a young believer, I went to a local church in Bangkok. I bought, now it's free for you. But at that time, I had to buy. One tape is 15 bahts, or it's about 50 cents. That was about 20 years ago. I tell you the truth. I'm not lying. I bought every single tape of that church, thousands of bahts, and it's still in my garage today. I never throw it away. I listen to every single tape. I want to know exactly what they teach. I want to know exactly what God says in my church so that I can flow together in unity with the church. That's what I want to really plead you with the technology and you don't have to pay even one buck to get that teaching. Please do it. Amen. Even my wife requests some CD series now. I want to listen again because you don't know everything what we say on Sunday. Sometimes your mind kind of drip off during sermon. When you listen to CD again, you can go back and review and really concentrate while you're driving or while you're sitting and eating dinner, you listen at the same time. I never eat lunch without doing nothing. I listen to sermon when I was eating lunch in my office or maybe worship, turn on a song and worship the Lord. The Bible says in Matthew 7 verse 6, Don't give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. So God said in the world, there are two kinds of people. The people who see the value of the holy things of God. And people who don't even care and don't see the value of the things of God. I hope that there are no dogs in this church. I hope that there are no swine in this church. That when the word of God is in front of you, the computer is in the room there that you can download. Everything is available in the podcast. And you just say, I don't care. You can throw God can throw all these things to you, but you still don't care. How many people know that when you throw the pearl or jewel or jewelry in front of the swine, they don't care. They even stamp, tremble on it. They don't care. We should not be that kind of Christian. We should value. We should really appreciate what God wants to give to the church. And not only that, if you are that kind of people, God is going to teach you even more. God is going to reveal more things to you because you appreciate what is holy in the eyes of God. Amen. Today, I would like to read two passages. Wow, the time goes so fast. Can we slow down the clock a little bit? Go too fast. Well, I'd like to read two passages in the Bible if I have enough time, and I hope I have enough time. Two passages in the Bible which was written by Paul, the apostle. He was talking about his own life relating to the local church. And these two passages talk about prosperity or talk about finances. And we need to understand what he tried to teach the church through the letters. I want to kind of prep you a little bit before I read the message and also explain verse by verse what he tried to say. When you read this, you need to understand that there are two parties here. Paul, the apostle, who went out to do the apostolic work, planting churches, traveling, traveling, doing the work that God called him to do. He was one party. Another party was the local church called the Philippi, the Philippian church. So, in fact, if you listen to this and read this passage carefully, you can identify yourself with both sides. You can be one day on Paul's side, and you can be on the Philippian church, Philippian Christian side. You can apply the principle on both sides. You can be Paul in a sense, and you can be also members in Philippi. And not only individual person as a Christian, but as a whole church, the Philippian church should teach us something about being a whole congregation, the church, how we handle abundance and finances and prosperity as the local church. So you can see three aspects here. You can be Paul, in a sense, or you can be member in Philippi Church, and we as a church learn from the letter from Paul as a local church, as a whole corporate group of people. I will start to read from verse 10 in chapter 4 of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, 
though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. I want to read another one in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Actually, today we're going to look at Philippians and Galatians 6, Philippians 4. Galatians 6, 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. These two passages, Galatians 6 and Philippians 4, were the message that related to the area of finances, regarding prosperity and regarding giving and receiving. Paul said in this two scriptures that the Philippian church supported him. He cared for him, for his ministry. But at one point, they did not have an opportunity to do it. Galatians 6 says, as we have opportunity. Today, the sermon is about investing and accounting. Investing and reaping into your account. We're going to continue next time. I cannot finish the sermon today. We're talking about sowing and reaping. And we're talking about giving and receiving. Paul explained this in detail in the two passages from Philippians 4 and Galatians 6. The first thing we hear here, we, we see here, is that Paul said through the scripture by the inspiring of the Holy Spirit that we need to look for an opportunity to invest into our spiritual life. We need to look for an opportunity to sow the seed, to invest into our spiritual life. A lot of time, we just live day by day, never look for opportunity. This morning, Pastor Da was talking to me again. Our church should give more to Philippines. They got hit again, as I heard the news. They got hit again by the monsoon. Many people lost their life. On Wednesday, I went to the hospital. One man, he is a Filipino nurse. He came back from Philippines, and he said he saw with his own eyes. He was standing on the bridge, and the flood go up to the level of the roof. And a family, husband, wife, with a small little baby and a small kid was in kind of boat or something like a floating thing because they cannot stay in their home. And this whole family went under the bridge. When they come out on another side of the bridge, the wife and the kid were gone in the flood and died. And everyone just have heartbroken. We are having so much in America. And this is the opportunity that we can invest into the kingdom of God, that we can help the poor and the needy in Philippines. Who else is going to do? Christians need to do it. So even Pastor Da said to me this morning, she kept talking about this all morning when I woke up. We need to do another love offering. Actually, I want to say that love offering today to me and Pastor Da, I want to give to Philippines. I don't want even one cent. I'm going to give to Philippines. Other elders don't have to do like me. Okay, I'm not telling the people what to do. I want to give, get this opportunity to give to the poor. Amen. Amen. That is the opportunity we're talking about. If we have opportunity, we look for opportunity. Watch for it, for good investment. Definitely good investment into the kingdom of God financially. If you don't invest, you're not going to get any benefit. Is that right? The principle in the world is sowing, reaping, giving, receiving. Investment, and then you get the profit. But I'm not talking about the profit in the covetous way. The profit in the kingdom of God. And in order to look for opportunity, one thing you need to do is to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You need to hear the Holy Spirit. What ministry you're going to give? Who you're going to give? What person in the church is in trouble? God spoke to you. You give to that person. And don't argue with God. You give to those people, those ministries, those churches. We can help between churches. This church help this church. This church help that ministry. That ministry help this church. We look for opportunity to give to one another, to bless one another. Look for opportunity to bless the needy in the church. We are led by the Spirit of the living God. When we're going to have, I tell you, when we're going to have the business meeting on that day, in, in the future. What happened is that the elders and pastor will pray. Seek God for direction. 
if we talk about finances, we seek God for direction, what we're going to do. And when God spoke to us, we all agree, we will bring it to the whole congregation to know. And if the Holy Spirit convinces you the same thing, we all say, Amen. Yeah, not nay. We're going to do it together. According to the leading of the Holy Spirit, that's what happened in the book of Acts, the Jerusalem church. When the pastor brought the situation to the whole church, everyone say, Amen, let's do it together. And God will bless the church. Amen. Let's look at verse 10 and 11 again, Philippians 4. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So Paul said that look for opportunity. Not really that. Paul also say like this. Paul said, you, I know you care for me. Again, you can put yourself in Paul's shoes and you can put yourself in the Philippian Christian shoes. You can be on either side. On Paul's shoes here, Paul said that, I know you care for me. You want to bless me. You want to support me financially. But you know, I want to let you know right now, my joy is not dictated by what I have. My joy does not depend on how much money you give me. My joy is not based on the numbers in my bank account. But my joy is Jesus Christ. He tried to say that. I am content because I have Christ on the inside of me. When Christ is, is sitting on the throne of my life, I, I, I abide in Christ. I have Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I have strong relationship with him. My joy does not depend on the money I have anymore. It does not depend on how big the house I have. But my joy is in the Lord. No matter what happened to me financially, I still can smile. I still can laugh. Yesterday, somebody asked Pastor Cornish, who is 87 years old, still preaching, smiling, look happy. We asked him, why you look so healthy and young and strong? And the answer is, because I keep the joy of the Lord in my heart. He always laugh and smile and have the joy of God. Your joy should not depend on how much money you have, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? When I say like this, when I say like this, it doesn't mean that we should not have faith for bigger vision. Yes, if we have this amount of money, we still have joy. We have little, we still have joy. Remember when I first came to the U.S., I was driving a very rundown Jetta, Volkswagen and a Toyota Tercel. The price was only $1,000 at that time. I was driving that for many, many years. We still have joy. It is, our joy was not dictated by the kind of car we drive. But it doesn't mean that we stop there. We should have a bigger vision. We should exercise our faith that God I have faith that you are the God of more than enough. You will provide for me so that I can do greater things for you. So that I can fly to many nations to preach the gospel. So that I can give more to the poor. So that I can support many ministries. So that I can open my home for the care group. So that I can feed everyone when people come to care group. I can have all the food on the table. I have a bigger vision to do more for you. Even though my joy is not on those things, it's not on my house, it's not on the food on the table or on the, what kind of car I drive, but I have a bigger vision that you are the God of more than enough and you shall provide for me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Everyone say, be content. Be content. My, joy my joy is in Jesus Christ, in Jesus. but I'm going to have a bigger vision. To do more things for God. Amen. Do you know why our joy should not be on those things? Because somebody say like this. I read one time. He say, your piles of ashes are bigger than mine. What does it mean? All the material things in the earth, one day going to be ashes. One day going to be burned up and be a big pile of ashes anyway. And not only that, a lot of time the money that come in may not come from God anyway. Some people may have a lot of money, but it comes from the devil. The devil can give money to people too. Is that right? You can get big amount of money by having a pistol. Go out to the bank, 
and say, "Give me money right now." But that money was not of God. That is of the devil. Is that right? You can cheat, you can lie, you can corrupt to get more money. So money itself is not the the focus. The focus is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me share this way. Let me say this way: It's nothing wrong to have some enjoyments of out of the material things in our life. It's nothing wrong to have a nice computer, a nice car to drive. It's nothing wrong to have some enjoyment in life, but That should not be your focus. Your focus of having material things and money should be that I can love and bless people with my material things more than before. Okay, let me repeat one more time. It's okay to enjoy your material things, but that should not be your focus. Your focus should be I can bless and give even more money. Clothes, vehicle, material things are the tools for blessing people. Everyone say, money, material things are the tool for blessing people. It's easy to say, God loves you and care about you, and I love you too. It's easy to write an email, Pastor. I love you. I care for you, and then sign the name, and then done. But that is not. The word love in the Bible, because the word love in the Bible is more tangible. There's some expression of love. The word love in the Bible say like this: I give to you. John chapter three verse sixteen say, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life." The real meaning of love is to give. If you love somebody, you give something to them. Amen. And giving is not limited to only money. Don't take me wrong. I'm not emphasizing money here. Giving includes, for example, your friendship. I appreciate your friendship so much. You love me by being in this church with me. I will never take it for granted. Your friendship with me and Pastor Da. You give. Some of you may not have a lot of money, but you can give faithfulness every Sunday. When the pastor see you sitting there in that corner, I rejoice, and that is giving to me. You give by coming every Sunday to sit there to smile, to come and encourage the pastor and elders, and say, "I will never go anywhere. I'm gonna be here. I'm faithful." You can give loyalty, whether up and down. Leader may make some wrong decision because we are human being. You still loyal. You still come and support us and never forsake us. That is loyalty. Not only giving money, you can give your time to intercede for people. Many times I may not call you, but I tell you I pray for you a lot. I pray and pray and pray for the member a lot. I was driving, praying, performing surgery, still praying. I mean, I pray and pray all the time for the member of the church. I pray you be strong. I pray you get a job. I pray you get healed. I pray that you will be strong and healthy and prosperous. Giving your time to pray. You give also your faith. Sometimes you exercise your faith to give your faith to bless somebody else. Pray for them. You can give time. You can give energy. You can give services and ability or talents for people. I thank God for. A few people in the church, especially one man. I don't want to mention the name. One man in our church. For example, last night my daughter said that I don't know what happened to my door, my bedroom door. I went and checked something wrong with the door. The name come up in my mind. One man in the church I can call, and he's gonna come and he's gonna help me fix that door for me. That is service. Pastor Lau can depend on that man to help me because I know how to open the skull and fix the brain tumor, but I don't know how to fix the door. Unfortunately, I don't have the ability in, on the carpentry and fixing engine. I can only fix the brain and spinal cord. Amen. So some people are faithful in giving service and time and energy. Giving is a sign of love. The definition of love in the world is different from the definition of love in the Bible. People in the world, when they say "I love you," this is what it means: self-love. I love you, honey, but the real meaning is this: I love 
what you can do for me. I love how you make me feel. Me, me, me. But the definition of love in the Bible is about you, you, you. What can I give to you? What can I bless you? What can I do to make you better? That is the definition of love in the Bible. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 say, But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is different from man's love. Man's love is self-love. What you can do for me to make me feel good, to make me happy. But God's love is not about the warm, fussy feeling. It's not like goosebump, feel good. Wow, I can sit close to you. I can grab your hand. Your hand is so soft. It's not about that warm, fussy feeling. The love of God is about He paid a huge price for us so that we will not go to hell, so that we can have an abundant life. He paid a huge price, and that price is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His life, His own life on the cross, that He died for us. So, we have money and material. The whole purpose of having money and material and abundance and prosperity is to be able to love God and love people and bless people. We use money to build the church. We use money to go to the mission. We use money to help the poor, help bless our parents, bless the brother and sister in the church. Amen. That should be our primary goal of being prosperous and abundant. Philippians chapter 4 verse 14 say, Nevertheless, you have done well that you share in my distress. You notice that Paul said that his financial need is called distress. How many people got into financial trouble before? Raise your hand up. Don't worry, I don't remember your hand. I don't remember who you are. Some of you may have lost job for two weeks and you start to like get nervous. How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to pay my bill? How am I going to pay my mortgage? And that kind of financial need Paul called distress. It's a distress. You cannot sleep. You feel very, very burdened on your chest here. But this is the promise of God. Psalm 34 verse 19. Many are the afflictions or the distress of the righteous. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. Thank God for the promise of God. If you have financial distress, if you have difficulty in life financially or your needs, God say, if you are righteous because you believe in Jesus, you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you follow him and serve him, he will deliver you out of all those afflictions. He will take care of you. That is the promise of God. Don't worry. Have faith. Amen. Give hand to God. Amen. He will never forsake you. He will take care of you financially. He will come through for you. And I'm going to show you. Now, you put your shoes on Paul's life now. Paul went out, need money. He did not work. He needs financial support from the church. And God deliver him. Philippians 4, 15 to 16. Now, you Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid, means sent financial support, once and again for my necessities. Okay, let me explain this scripture for you. Paul shoes and the church shoes. You can be on either shoes. Okay, Paul in this situation is on the receiving side. He received help. The church in Philippi is on the giving side. And you can be on both sides. You can one day be on Paul's side and you can be on church side. You're on the giving side or on the receiving side. can be either way. How many churches Paul planted? Many, many. Paul traveled and Paul planted many churches. They were all his spiritual children. Why weren't they giving to him? Why only the church in Philippi supported Paul? Only one church supported Paul. Is it sad? 
That everyone else complain is not happy about Paul doing the job. Only the church in Philippi was supporting Paul financially. Do you think that God dealt with other churches that they should give to Paul? I believe God did. It happened to me many times. Sometimes I was sitting and then God deal with me. Give money to that minister. I said, are you sure God? Yes, give. How much? He gave me the number. And I have two choices. No or yes. Some Christian will respond to the prompting and the leading of God when God deals with them. Some of us may ignore that voice 100% and say, I don't care. The way God provides for people is by dealing with somebody else to give, to promote, to give a raise, to do something. God's going to deal with somebody to give to you. You can be on either side. You can be on this side receive from people who God is dealing with. Or you can be on this side. God deal with you and say, give. And you can say no to God. Let's talk about the receiving side on Paul's side first. If you're in Paul's shoes, or some of you right now may be losing the job, and you are in financial need, you may say, I believe God that he will help me. I ask God to deal with somebody to do something for me. Maybe somebody give me a job. Maybe somebody will give me financial provision so that I can go on with my life. Before we go on, we need to understand that if God deals with you to do the same thing to other people, you need to obey. You see the teaching here? Both sides. If God tells you to do something, are you responding to the voice of God? And you may think in your heart that, wow, who going to help me? I want to tell you the good news. God has many people whom he can deal with. And some of them will respond. God may have to deal with 135 people before one person responded to help you. Maybe God has to deal with 135 customers who look into website before they can buy something from your website. One person, just one person buy your service or something like that. God deal with people. I see this all the time. Sometimes my patients have gone to see many, many doctors, seen all over the city, five neurosurgeons. But at the end, they decide to come to see me. And God deal with that patient. That patient chose me. God deal with people to provide for me. Amen. And if no one else responds, if no man responds to that dealing or prompting of God, God can even use a dog to bring a brow back with money inside and drop in front of your door. He can use a cat, a dog, and a donkey if man did not respond. As I follow God for many years, I learned one thing. I learned that not everyone obey God. And you don't have to obey God because you have the freedom of choice. Some people never respond to God. God speak to them in their heart, deal with them. They just shut off and never do anything. I want to be the man who respond to the dealing of God. If God deal with me to give money to somebody, I want to be the Philippian church. Amen? The Philippian church was the only church that responded to the dealing and the prompting of God. The rest of the church did not help Paul at all. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can be on both sides. If you learn to respond to God's dealing, and give out to people who are in need. One day when you are in need, God is going to deal with somebody else to give to you as well. Amen. You see both sides? That's why Paul say, giving and receiving. In the dictionary of God, there is not only one word, giving, but also receiving. Sowing and reaping. Verse 15 and 16, I read one more time. No church share with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Wow. When you talk about giving, don't stop there. You need to talk about receiving. When you talk about sowing, you also talk about reaping. 
when you talk about investing, you're talking about also benefit. You invest on something, and you're gonna receive the dividend and the benefit. Giving, receiving. Everyone say with me: giving, giving. and receiving, receiving. sowing, and reaping, and investing. And receiving profit. Amen. Look at 17. Are you okay? Are you enjoying this? Learning something about principle of money. Verses 17 and 18. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Next time in this preaching, I'm going to talk about your account. Okay? Today, I don't have time. Bow abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing of God. Paul keeping having joy. He confessed that no matter what happened to me, I'm going to have more than enough. God's going to provide for me. I know my God, my God, verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. His joy is not on the offering from Philippians. His joy is in knowing Christ, his provider. His joy is in God who keep his promises. Amen. This is the key. We need to understand. This is how Paul wrote to Philippians. He said, I am content, I'm happy, even though I was in need, but I know God will sub supply all of my need. Talk, Paul talked about offering here. And he said that when you responded to the dealing of God regarding giving to the poor, to the church, to the ministry, to whatever that God tells you to give, when you give out of the right heart in heaven, it will be how many people like certain food? And when the smell comes out from the kitchen, you feel, ooh, my gastric juice came out. I like steak. I like steak. Rocky Road ice cream doesn't have smell. But when I smell steak, oh, the gastric juice come out. God in heaven, when you give offering according to God's leading and you obey Him, that offering is a good smell, aroma. God smile and happy with you. And he will bless you. You make God happy. That is Paul called that offering. God called that offering fruit. Let me read again. But I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Why Paul called that offering fruit? Because it's about sowing and reaping. When you give money out, you give fruit. And that fruit, the seed drop in the ground, that seed grow up to be a big tree and produce more fruit. Paul called financial offering as fruit. In Romans chapter 15, 25 to 29, Romans chapter 15, 25 to 29, Paul called the offering as fruit again. Now I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints, for it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. One church helping another church financially. Contribution, this church is richer in Macedonia. This church in Jerusalem faced famine and recession. So they send money to the hand of Paul to go to Jerusalem and give, distribute money to the poor. It pleased them indeed. And they are their debtors. The people in Macedonia were very pleased to give this contribution to the poor in Jerusalem. And Paul said, the Christian in Macedonia were the debtors of the Christian in Jerusalem. Let me explain to you. Okay? Oh, this is so profound. If you read it carefully. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Jerusalem sent out apostles, sent out workers to evangelize. These people, the Gentiles, got saved, received spiritual blessing of being saved. The people in Macedonia received the blessing, spiritual blessing. Paul said, they should minister back to Jerusalem material blessings. This is not 
to pay back and forth. Like, okay, you serve me, I give you money, and we done. Okay, I give my tie to you. you. I'm done with you. No, no. It's about giving and receiving. Macedonia received spiritual blessing, and the church in Jerusalem received when the time of their need. When God dealt with the people in Macedonia, the people in Macedonia responded to the dealing of God, sent the money back to help the poor in Jerusalem. Material things. The same thing. Thank God for New Hope International Church. Thank God that we spent so many $10,000 to send Pastor Lao to Thailand. A lot of people in Thailand listen to my CD for free. They download from the podcast. They're growing. They're helping. The church is getting better. We bless them spiritual things. We spend money. Actually, two days ago, I got a phone call from LA. Some people complain that why don't we have the website that have all the sermon in the website that they can download? And I answer them, you know, you get for free. And you know, to make a website, it's, you may have to spend $10,000 to do that. And we have to pay every month to keep everything in the website, but you complain that we don't have the website, we, we don't even sell you sermon. If you receive spiritual things from this ministry or this minister, you should, even though it's free, you should materially bless that minister so that the ministry can go on. In my life, I have about four to five ministers that have impacted my life so much. Even though the world will say anything, again, this man. Even though people put in website, again, this man. It will never change my mind. I and Pastor Da were almost at the verge of divorce. We almost quit the ministry. We were so depressed. But one minister laid hand on us, taught us, helped us, put the file of God in us. Our marriage was restored. Our church was restored. I am in debt with this minister. If somebody talk bad about him, you have to go through me. I will never betray this man. And I'm still thinking about sending money to him all the time. Every Christmas time, I send money to this man personally from my own pocket. You know why? I am in debt. Without this minister, my family will be gone now. Macedonia were in debt with Jerusalem. We need to have this kind of heart. People minister to you spiritually, you should minister back to them materially so that they have strength and encouragement to go on with life. You cannot say, hey, lucky you. You just go on, lucky you. No, you should encourage them. This is a principle that we need to understand from the scripture. Therefore, if I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. This is how I feel. I'm going to go to Thailand tomorrow. I'm going to go with the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. I'm going to lay hand on everyone. I'm going to preach like preaching to 10,000 of people. This morning, when I was standing there, worshiping God before I come up to preach, I pray to God, I'm going to come up to this stage and preach to bless you with the fullness of blessing of the gospel. I want you to be blessed. Amen. That is the heart of the minister. The Lord talk about natural, monetary things as fruit. In conclusion about Paul here in Philippians chapter 4, I think I need to talk about Galatians next time. I don't have time. In conclusion, on Paul's side, he was in financial need. Now I'm going to make a conclusion. God dealt with many churches, but only one church responded and gave financial need financial provision. And Paul said, because you responded to the dealing of God or prompting of God, 
God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in His glory by Christ Jesus. So in this story, Paul is on the receiving side. The Philippian is on the giving side. But Paul said, don't worry. God is going to give back to you. Because you sow the fruit. The fruit drop, it will grow up to be a big tree. Oh, I like to continue to preach, but it's so good, this, this sermon. You, if you understand all this principle, your life will never be the same. Sowing, reaping. Giving, receiving. Paul gives spiritual things to the Philippians. They give back the material things to him. Definitely. Each minister is different. Pastor Caesar is a full-time minister. So he needs much more than me. But when the church bless me, this is good for you, you bless me. But because I don't need your money, therefore I give to Philippines. You see the point? If I become a full-time pastor, I may need to keep some of that money because I need to pay my own bill. We keep back and forth. Receiving and giving. We need to have the right heart. We need to have the right heart regarding money. Amen? God said that. There are two things in your action that will reveal your heart. Number one, your mouth, your tongue. Whatever you say, come out from your heart. And you know what is the second thing? Your money. Whatever in your heart, it's going to reveal on your checkbook. I haven't thought about this for a long time. I haven't mentioned about finances for a long time in the church. Whatever happened, it reveals the heart of people. How much they appreciate the gospel. How much they appreciate the church. It's about the heart. I want to be like the Philippians. I want to respond to the dealing of God. And I want to be Paul when people give I need to learn how to receive. Amen. But I can keep more. No one can control me what I'm going to do with my money. I can go and keep more. That's why I want to give this money to the Philippines, those who are in trouble right now. Amen. Are you learning something today? Don't miss next one. Sowing and reaping. We will continue and then you account. Amen. <clears throat> We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 